What a football game. Wow. Listen, I know what the name of the program is, but football is football, and that was one for the ages. Good morning to you. Good Monday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates where you found this. There are no other sports when the Super Bowl is being played, and this one wound up a legit classic. Chiefs 25, 49ers 22, and it's it's amazing how no matter what happened in the game, whether it was some special teams gem, all that defense in the first quarter, all that physicality, big plays, ridiculous touchdown that San Francisco engineered early, all you're thinking is Patrick Mahomes isn't going to lose this game. And he didn't. And he kept coming. And even when he's sitting on the sideline during that last San Francisco drive where Brock Purdy and especially Christian McCaffrey, they're looking so confident rolling down the field and they show those sideline shots of Mahomes and you're going, you can't let him back onto the field. You can't let him back onto the field. You have to punch this in. And they didn't. And they didn't. And that was it. That was it. You don't give 15 the ball back. But that said, as ever, there were going to be Steelers connections and Steelers visuals throughout. And of course, there were plenty. It's amazing how right after the game ended, you see Bill Cowers, one of the first people commenting. Dan Marino, who I know was never a Steeler, but Dan Marino's there doing some commercial. Troy Polamalu was showing up in Mahomes' scalp or something like that. Apparently, he still has a contract with head and shoulders. So I'm going to try to do the same here. I'm going to try to bring this to a Steeler subject that came up yesterday. And it was, of course, something that was generated in the pregame. To understand how these, they're called national reporters. There's nothing national about them. What happens in this industry is that you become really, really specifically assigned to a certain area of the sport that you're covering. So these guys that we refer to as national guys, whether it's Adam Schefter, Ian Rappaport, Tom Pelissero, these guys, they're told to just talk to agents. They don't cover football games. They're not at practices. They just do nothing other than talk to agents. So it's a very, very different job than, say, the one that I've got. All I do is I'm at games and practices and everything. Well, those guys are tasked each week, specifically each weekend, with coming up with some kind of big exclusives that nobody else has. And the hardest part for them is that it's got to be something that no one else is going to get in the interim. Meaning between whenever you actually access that information until the Sunday pregame shows. So Sunday pregame show shows up. Of course, it's the second most watched program in the United States all year. They got to come up with something special. And of course, because the Steelers are and remain a marquee franchise with worldwide fan base and everything, something's got to involve the Steelers. So the big hit for the day was that Mason Rudolph might prefer to have a fresh start to his career, which makes it sound like Mason has one foot out the door. Ooh, big stuff. And as such... Ryan Tannehill might be brought in to be Arthur Smith's quarterback-in-waiting 
either behind Kenny Pickett or ahead of him or who knows what. Okay, so let's start with this. I'll go with Tannehill first, all right? Because that one feels easier to me. Tannehill is going to be 35 years old. Tannehill is a guy who pretty much based the bulk of his NFL career on his smarts. That doesn't make him a game manager. He's been better than that. And I don't think anybody's calling Brock Purdy that anymore, by the way, after yesterday. But I'd like to think if I'm bringing in an offensive coordinator who was just a head coach for three years and you show him a measure of respect for his knowledge and for what he values as a coordinator, that you'd offer the latitude there to say, sure, if you want Tannehill, we can do that. We can bring in Tannehill. He might be a three. He might be a two. Heck, he might be a one for all anybody knows, depending on how things play out. But at least you'd have somebody in the fold to, A, provide you some professional-level quarterbacking if needed, but B, don't underestimate this one. Having somebody in the quarterback room to be able to convey, let's say that if it is Mason and Kenny as the other two quarterbacks, to convey to them what Smith means by a certain sequence, by a certain scheme, by a certain uh, cadence and what he hopes to achieve from it. Tannehill's lived it. So maybe that would make some sense. As far as Mason goes, uh, I'm trying to think of a nice, delicate way to say that the whole thing was BS, but it was. Mason isn't even in the solar system of making up his mind about what he's going to do. He is going to wait, and I'm not guessing at this, until he hears from Omar Khan, from Mike Tomlin, regarding a contract offer. He will listen to the Steelers. And that, of course, can happen way before there's any free agency. If the Steelers come forward with the right price, and I've told you before, I have every reason to believe that they're going to come at him with a price that's intended to keep him from ever going to the open market. There's going to be a second phase. Mason's not going to be an idiot and say, I have to have the number one job. He's not in a position to do that. As encouraging as those four games were, they were four games. What he's looking for, and here again, I'm not guessing at this, is a chance. He's looking for a real and fair opportunity. Not like that dog and pony show they put on a couple years ago in which he and Mitch Trubisky were allegedly battling for something and Mason never had a prayer. They had made up their mind. Mitch was the guy. And nothing was going to change that, including, I should add, the drafting of Kenny the same summer. So, no, Mason has not made up his mind at all. He's not even close to it. Nor should he be, nor would I expect him to be. This is a smart dude. He's going to survey the scene. And part of surveying the scene is making sure you're surveying the one that's right in front of you right now. There's zero reason to close the book on Pittsburgh. And as I've also shared here a time or two, he has all kinds of reasons to stay in Pittsburgh if he wants to be a starting quarterback in the NFL because what's here might represent the least of all the challenges that he'd face across the 32-team NFL. When we come back, J1Q... 
Luxembourg, Garbett, Kelly, and George. LGKG is a personal injury law firm in Western Pennsylvania that represents people hurt in car accidents or who need help with workers' comp or medical malpractice. When the attorneys at LGKG make you a promise, they keep it. They've been keeping promises in our region for over 80 years. LGKG's been AV rated, the highest rating a law firm can receive, and they've been designated super lawyers. That's actually a thing for over 15 years. It's a rare combination. LGKG has offices in Cranberry, Newcastle, Beaver Falls, Butler, and Elwood City. Learn more about them by visiting lgkg.com or by calling 888-842-5454. LGKG. Q comes from Tom, who says, honestly, DK, I wonder if the 49ers shouldn't have just deferred on that overtime kickoff. They were guaranteed a possession, and going first and not scoring a touchdown gave the Chiefs an emotional lift. You know, it, it's tough to second guess. When the game is that tight, when the game goes back and forth until the literal last play, and then Patrick Mahomes runs to his right and throws to a guy nobody had ever heard of. That's the level of elite coaching and scheming that was happening out there. If there's anything that I dare say that I didn't like that Kyle Shanahan did, I felt like he might have taken the football out of Christian McCaffrey's hands a little too soon. Once the 49ers got within striking distance of winning the game, which, of course, would have required a touchdown with the first possession. I just wanted to see 22. I, I didn't want to see anybody overthink it. You know, I, I, by the way, wasn't pulling for either of these teams or anything. I just felt like San Francisco was so good that they'd make such a lousy loser. You know, going back to week one when they came into Pittsburgh and their fans, incidentally, impressively bought up half of everybody's tickets because they believed in the 49ers the way they did. The 49ers go out there and just destroyed the Steelers. Maybe you've blotted that one out of your memory at this point. I don't think I have. And just seeing those guys perform the way they did, seeing Javon Hargrave, what a football player that guy is. To see him throwing people around the way he was ragdolling everybody left and right. Uh, it, that was tough. That part of it for me was tough. Uh, but as, as, as terrific as Brock Purdy was, you have to recognize when somebody's stepping up to be your horse. That can be anybody. It could have been Brandon Ayuk. Uh, it, it, if you think back to the Steelers' most recent Super Bowl victory, the thing that won it for them ultimately was that Ben Roethlisberger realized Santonio Holmes wanted to carry the Steelers down the field. And Ben, in turn, just said, where's 10? Where's 10? I'm just going to keep feeding 10. Boom, 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 boom. You don't overthink it. You don't say, oh, let's see if we can spread this around a little bit. Maybe you do if you're Mahomes and you've been there a bunch of times and you know that you have. I, I actually I swear to God, as I'm doing this show with you right now, I don't remember the name of the guy who caught the ball. 
But the Chiefs can do that stuff because they know that as soon as they send Travis Kelsey out for a pass, he's going to draw a ton of attention, as he obviously should. And, well, let's just throw to this guy over here. The 49ers weren't there. Those Steelers weren't there. They needed to go with what was working. And the way McCaffrey was running, uh, the confidence he was showing, the way he was either fooling people or doing that strange high step that he did on the big gain on that drive to blow past somebody, uh, he needed to have the football. I'm not going to say they should have nudged him and just handed the ball off three times so that he could run up the middle and get a yard and a half each time, and then you bring on Chris Boswell. But I am saying that these really, really legitimately smart people needed to recognize what was happening on the field in front of them. Really good question. I appreciate that. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Steelers, and we'll be back with another one tomorrow. Tomorrow.